Welcome to the Indie Experts Podcast, where we're unlocking all the secrets you need to know about writing, producing and publishing non-fiction books that really work hard for authors. Join Dixie and Anne as they help you navigate all the tricks, traps and the majestic tapestry of storytelling as a means of sharing your expertise to your market. And I'm going to welcome you all along again this morning. Thank you. It's so great to see you all here. And congratulations to Bronwyn Reid last week, who managed to sit above Bill Gates and Elon Musk as a best-selling new release with her book, which was absolutely so thrilling and exciting. And she also did a fantastic job of doing an online book launch. So we're going to talk to her about that in a few weeks' time. Um, We've got several of you at the moment who are either finishing off your manuscripts or are just about to enter that launch phase time and so one of the things that we've been really aware of is the value of audio on all kinds of levels with uh, what you do as an author so we decided to invite the fabulous Dave Stokes back because Dave has managed to just help us through figuring out how to do podcasting for the first time Now, for many of you, podcasting might be something that you're either just sort of still slowly getting to grips with, or you may have gone down the path of being a guest on someone else's podcast, you may be listening to podcasts, uh, or you may be contemplating doing your own podcast. And for people who, like me, were absolute videophobes a few months ago, I've now since worked with the fabulous Tanya McQueen, I'm no longer terrified of video, but I always used to think, well, podcasting must be so much easier, right? Well, the learning curve for the last few weeks has been extraordinary and far more difficult than what I thought it would be at times. Uh, But we've had the wonderful Dave guiding us all through it and we managed to launch our own podcast at the beginning of this month. So what we decided to do is talk everything podcasts with Dave and a bit of Kate Coluccio stepping in as well. So we can answer any of the weird and wonderful questions you may have about what it takes to be a podcaster or even just as an interviewee on someone else's podcast. So over to you, fabulous Dave Stokes from Author to Audio. Well, thank you, Dixie, for that lovely introduction. Um, And yeah, I think probably the logical segue, and I I was thinking last night as to how we might um, illustrate um, parts of the of the sort of getting your podcast set up and ready to go, and that perhaps we would use indie experts as the as the example because there's a familiarity in there, and I think perhaps um, I thought I would perhaps structure the session by leaving it nice and open. Please ask me any questions that you've got, but I thought I might start with a little um, podcast questionnaire that I'll send out to people if they're showing an interest then the idea is, well, what sort of things are you thinking about? So more a, a um, like a brainstorm kind of prompt where it just runs you through a set of questions as to have you thought about these things and would you like one of those or would you like to do it here or would you like to do it there? So we did this same process with, with Dixie. So perhaps if I share my screen, I'll just show you that um, show you that questionnaire and then we might actually tick-tock between the questionnaire and actually go to what um, what what Dixie and the indie experts have set up for their own um, for their own podcast and try and join the dots a little bit. So, but before I do briefly agree with Dixie, it's, it's a, I think with podcast setup, it's complicated. It's not, it's not difficult, but it's, it's awkward. And there are lots of steps. I, I think, I don't know, Dixie, what would you think? Would you agree with that broad brush remark? Yes, I think it was far more complex than I thought it would be. And the things that tripped me up were essentially things that I was surprised that they were more difficult than what I had realized. And by that, I mean the concept of how do you like recording something. So our podcasts are based on the interviews that we do here each week. Mostly we have got a few that are a little bit sort of just straight uh, conversations or tip facts you know 10 minutes worth of you know how do you work with an editor for example Mm. um so we've got some of those but most of them are the interviews that we do here so recording them has been really easy we Mm. just jump on here every week and we have these fabulous sessions and we talk to you all um and then we record those and then we send them to dave and dave tops and tails them and by that um i mean he puts the 
the introduction, which has been recorded, by the way, by the fabulous Karen Jacobson, um, also known as Siri. So we've had her do our recording of our intro and our exit piece. So he just basically tops and tails those. And then what Dave does is work his magic. But the recording part was really easy. It was the setting up and understanding what needed to happen on the website for us to be able to then share and extend where the podcast went. That was the part that I got stuck with. And, and I was surprised by how complex that actually ended up being. But then Dave talked us through it and it was relatively easy. But, you know, for years I thought, well, for months I thought, well, this will be straightforward. We will just do this. And then it can't be that difficult, can it, surely? Um, but we did need a bit of walking through it. And, well, yeah. There's just, there's just lots of steps. I think that's, that's probably the... The complicated part about it, but I'll I will I will go to that level of detail, Dixie. I thought I might leave the sort of the you know the the big all inclusive diagram picture until the very end rather than start with it because I think yeah. when I see something I with arrows going everywhere and all that sort of stuff, my first thought is to say like I need some sort of context for this for it to make any sense to me. So we might we might end with the comp, comp so we'll get this start simple and then get to the complex bit in the end and then good idea you know yeah. You know, if you have to, if you have to leave because it's all, it's all too, you know, glazy well, over, then go for it. Just a quick question, Dave. Sure. Why, before we go any further, why mm. should we be podcasting? Why is a podcast a good idea for, especially that's, for authors? That's a dynamic question at the moment, I think, Dixie. So we've we've got a situation now where we have all sorts of traditional media um, changing, shrinking. There are lots of there's lots of extraordinary talent um, from, uh, from 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 journalism, from print media, and all that sort of stuff being released, like being shed by the by the major organisations, the major media companies. So there's an incredible amount of um, talent out on the marketplace at the moment. And I'll I'll tell you a story later about a, a gentleman who is the editor of the Hollywood Reporter for ten years. If anybody knows that that um that publication it's that's pretty big time journalism in hollywood anyway i'll, I'll come back to that he, wa he wants to do an audio book but i think the key thing with podcasting now is it's become an acknowledged media media channel i, I think that's the mm. the thing now that if you're really uh if you're looking to get your name around the place then you might be talking sure you might be thinking about radio you might be thinking about tv you might be thinking about print media but really, you know, podcasting has become an essential mm. item that's, that's in that good. mix. And I'd love to, I'd certainly love to hear um, Kat's thoughts on that one as well, because eventually, you know, social media becomes the, the vehicle to, you know, sort of distribute or, you know, exercise the marketing plan to some degree to make, to action it. But I think, um, I think podcasting is very, very, very strong <laughs> now and an incredible way of getting the name, your name out there and speaking to lots of different experts and, making further connections for your own industry too. What are your thoughts on that, Kate? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, but I, I also think it's not something that everyone has to do at least right at the, at the beginning. It's, it's like another thing that you can add to your offerings of what you've got. Uh, I see podcasting as being very much like what you're doing with writing your books. It adds to your expert status. So it it's not, might not be a direct money you know, an income earner because it generally isn't for most people, but it's adding to your expert status. It's also positioning you as a go-to person in your industry because you'll find what starts to happen is people start approaching you wanting to be guests. So mm -hmm. already you've, you've kind of, you know, changed your status in your, in your industry. And that's happening to me now. I'm getting people contacting me from around the world asking to be on my podcast, which blows my mind on one half because I'm thinking, wow, I'm just a woman, you know, recording from my spare bedroom here in New Zealand. But that's the reality. Having a podcast does actually give you that, you know, that expert look. Mm. And But it goes hand in hand with what you're saying, though. It goes hand in hand with, um, yes, yeah, social media. So it's something that, because I'm really into repurposing, as Rosie knows, who's one of my private clients. So a podcast isn't a standalone thing. It's, you know, you share it to your YouTube, you share it to your blog, you chop it up into pieces and you pop it all over social media. And mm. it just adds to what you're putting out there and you being seen right across the dial, you know, with, with good relevant content. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great thing to do, but 
but when you're ready for it, because it is a job in itself, as as you mentioned, David and Dixie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you know, that's so very true. Be, be, being a guest on someone else's podcast, which I've done a number of times now yeah. as well. And um, it, it just makes it so much easier to get your headspace into what you need to know as a podcaster. Like how long does it take? You know, what sort of questions do you need to have? What sort of audio setup do you need to have? So being a guest on someone else's just takes a lot of the hard work out of it if you're relatively new to it and can also give you a, a huge, you know, extra boost of status if you're guesting on someone's very, you know, prominent podcast. So, Yeah. That is the better way to start, I believe. Start by being a guest on a few podcasts. And there's mm. plenty of ways now that you can, well, like I said, people are emailing me direct. There's plenty of different avenues of finding podcasts out there. But start with the ones that you listen to mm. and that you're drawn to in your field and start applying. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. And it gives you that that lovely opportunity to, I mean, not that, not that many podcast episodes or the ones that I like anyway, the interviews that I like, uh, they don't feel too rehearsed. They, they might have a basis of four or five questions that you might talk around. So I think the informal nature of the interview is something that's very appealing because um, your audience feel that they're getting, they're getting some backstory. They're starting to understand, you know, you know, back to the Simon Sinek and the Malcolm Gladwell language, they're starting to understand your why because you're you're sharing your experience. What what storytelling are you doing? Which which is actually um, which is demonstrating the sort of things that you've been up to. What your experiences have been like in life. You know the ups and downs and all that sort of thing. But but also on the on the repurposing angle, I might just bring that example in that I threatened before, if I may. That the gentleman that I'm talking about, um, I haven't got the work by by the way at this stage. We only met yesterday, but his name. <laughs> On John Hanrahan, and John has been a journalist for many years. He's he's only recently retired. I think two years retired. And during the eighties, when he was working for the Hollywood Reporter, he was one of the I suppose A list journalists who was invited each year to the Cannes. Is that how you say Cannes or Cannes? Cannes Film. Cannes can, 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 The Cannes Film Festival. And so John was one of those top lists who would one after the other get these ten minute interviews with with all of the stars for the various movies that were that were up for an award at, um, at Cannes every year. And so I've gone, oh, yeah, okay, John, you've got my attention now. And, uh, and he said that what I did during that time is, is I've still got the footage. So I've got all of the audio and all of the video from, in, from interviews with people like, and he said, oh, you might know some of these names. I've gone, oh, try me. Gregory Peck, oh, wow. Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas. I'm sorry, he didn't give me any women's names, but I'm sure there's a bevy of um, female stars in there as well. Um, and the classic one was um, was Peter Sellers. Wow. And he, he was the last, I think, uh, the way the story was told to me, I think he was the last person to interview Peter Sellers before he died. And Peter was over there for the release of the film Being There. I'm not sure if anyone's seen it or is aware of it. One of my favourite all-time films. I, I just love... I think that sums him up so beautifully. Like it's a real, you know, career highlight movie for him. And he's, um, what, what do you call those sorts of things? He's a life statement or something like that. But um, the irony was that um, that John managed to have a um, an off the cuff interview with him in, in the lobby of a lobby of a motel. And he'd said, uh, and Peter had agreed to the interview, and 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 John had said, look, I'd heard Peter that you had a. a a death experience a couple of years ago that you'd had some sort of car accident or something had happened to him. And he did, he was actually clinically dead. And so Peter talked about this with great, um, you know, with, with great bravado. And, and, and as you'd imagine, he's very quietly spoken gentleman, but um, and he's from that old acting school of, of, you know, based in mime and things like that. So he's an incredible physical actor. And so, so John told the story of Peter relating that story back to him about this near death experience and then a week later, when John was back in Australia, he had a call from, from the Times in London saying, saying, hey, John, look, we heard you did the uh, interview with Peter at Cannes. I was just wondering if you can give us some of the, some of the footage because he's just died. Oh, wow. And so, and so the, the weird irony of this story was that, was that he interviewed Peter Sellers by accident about a film called Being There, which is about um, someone accidentally becoming this incredible figure within within life and john himself strangely became the the hero 
actually became the, the protagonist in that story because he was the one who was being there by being able to do this interview with Peter Sellers. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to give that as an example because um, John has collected all of these interviews over time and he said, look, I think it's probably a good idea to make an audio book out of these. And I'm just going, yeah, like, I think great idea. So John will be introducing each of those interviews, a short introduction, then we'll hear of them. And he's probably going to split them over three volumes, that sort of stuff. And sorry to come right back around to relevance. The other thing that came to mind as well is not only is this a potential Netflix documentary, I would suggest, but indeed, it's a wonderful set of podcast episodes. You could actually have the Gregory Peck episode followed by the, you know, the, the Michael and the Kirk Douglas episode. You might mix and match them together. So in terms of repurposing, I mean, obviously, that's an extreme, um, an extreme case of like incredible content to have that you can use. But that's, uh, that's one example of how you can, um, you know, mm. do as the indie experts suggest you do is, is look at all the different options and formats and combinations and the way in which you can use your you well, can use your content I, I go back quite often to this concept of um if you're going to write blogs po blog posts or even writing a book um go back to what your frequently asked questions are create an amazing and living list of what those are and from there you've got an opportunity to continually bring content and whether it's written audio or whatever your frequently asked questions give you a um chapter titles or Zoom podcast pieces of how do you do this or how does this work? And so whatever your area of expertise is, whether it's business, whether it's surviving a crisis, uh, you know, navigating your way through mental or physical or um, various health issues, whether it's, um, you know, how to do yoga, whatever it is, there must be questions that you get all the time so start continually developing a list that gives you the opportunity to say, right, I can do 10 minutes on that. I can do 15 or 20 or 30 minutes on that. I can write a, a, a series on that, or I can create a series of audio or whatever files on just that one topic. And that gives you the basis to be able to just about do anything within your area of expertise. Mm. Well, let's, let's go. Let, that was a nice lead in Dixie, actually. I might just, I'll share my screen. Yeah. Okay. So all these questions down here on the down here on the left. These are these are generally the questions that I will send to someone who's either either has asked that very question, Dixie, saying, "Look, I think I want a podcast. Do I really want one? And you know, what might it be about? Or what do I have to do? Or what do I have to think about?" So it's more than that sort of broad brainstorming idea, because more, more often than not, people have got half an idea if they want what they want to do. Um, but then it becomes a, well, what sort of, how do I put this into some sort of routine, something that I can, that I know I can achieve and how far ahead of the game do I need to be? For example, can I just have one podcast prepared and then launch one week and then just spend the next week writing the next episode and then, then release that. So there's those sorts of considerations, but I think um, the one that often stumps people is the first question, which is what is the name of your podcast series? And that really is where it all where it all starts to begin. I think you need to first think of a think of a name of it because as soon as you think of what am I going to call it, then the very next thoughts that come to mind for me at least are uh, what sorts of things am I going to talk about? Um, am I going to be talking to other people? Is this me just sharing my thoughts? Um, do I want to do a combination of both? The, the name of this podcast would probably have a number of topics that I know something about. So um, in... In, in the experts case, it was, as Dixie pointed out, it was, well, we have some, some in interesting and diverse guests that come onto the extension program. So Dave, Dave will come and talk about, about perhaps audio and podcasting. And then we'll have, um, oh, what's the name of your video girl again? Sorry, I've forgotten her name. Um, Tanya. Tanya. So Tanya's talking about, Tanya's talking about video. We had, um, we had Kat talking about, so, about social media strategy. So what we're sort of doing in our minds is, is starting to unpack what each theme might be. And we're not down to episode level yet, but we're down to what sort of, what sort of themes are we hoping to, to come out during the, during the podcast and how do, we see ourselves, how do we see ourselves within it? So I think it's important to name your series first. Now, just of the group at the, at the moment, is anybody toying? Can I just have a quick hands up as to whether you're toying with the idea of producing a podcast, you know, whether you're serious or not, doesn't really matter. Okay, so Alexander's there. Oh, <laughs> is it really Alexander? <laughs> or is it Alexandra? 
<laughs> it's Rosie. Rosie, is Hi, Rosie just finished writing her book, by the way, and congratulations to Rosie for... Yeah, um, congratulations, Rosie. That's amazing. Yeah. So I guess um, without, without wish, I'm not wishing to pick on you at all, but I think um, have any of those thoughts that I've been talking about, have they been coming to you in terms of your podcast? Like what will I call this thing or what will the logo look like? Or have you got, a, have you got some ideas as to uh, your early broad brush about your podcast? I'm going to be the midlife medic. So I'm still sort of toying with exactly how to, to go about that. You're right. I'm still in the early stages. Yeah. And I think it's good to, it's good to stay in that space and to some degree, always be in there with your podcast as well, because to the extent that you're, you're thinking laterally about the podcast, I think your listeners are doing the same thing. People don't necessarily, I don't think what this, you know, sort of jump on the train and, you know, that's a, it's a straight line to the next station and then we get off and then come back next week and jump on the train again. I think there's that idea of something unique, novel, interesting, a bit accidental, or, or even, um, you know, unrelated, unrelated to the, to the topic or somehow strangely related, related to it. So I think they're the things to be, to be thinking about. So in the case of, um, of Dixie, she, she wanted to call it in the experts. In fact, she just wanted to call it IE in the first place. And we did talk about that. And I said, look, the logo works superbly and I'll, I'll flip between the website and the spreadsheet if you don't mind. So the, their, their logo is a very strong image, good brand. And I'll, I'll notice at this point, or sorry, point out at the moment that, um, that this image can be shrunk down to a very small size and yet still be very distinctive. If you're designing your podcast logo, please keep that in mind. So IE is a very strong, I think it's a, you know, it's a really strong logo. It can be seen even, even from a very compressed state because your, your people will be doing searches on, on things like, um, authoring coaching books things like that and there'll be there'll be a podcast channel and you'll come up in a big long list of potential matches and your your logo will be a tiny little thing so i think bear that in mind when you're designing a podcast logo don't bother putting the word podcast inside the logo because we already know it's a podcast but um try and keep your symbols strong clean and large i think that's probably the one of the suggestions we'd have. Um, and IE of itself doesn't really say enough, but if we use the word indie experts, then you know, all of a sudden we're starting to generate a little bit better SEO out of things like that. Indie, independent, self-published, they're all sort of keywords that sort of start to come into, into that. And experts, expert is a, a good keyword to use as well. So you're starting to frame the sort of questions that people are going to be asking asking Google when they're looking to try and find your podcast. Okay. So think about, think about the keywords and try and integrate at least one of those keywords into your podcast name. Mm -hmm. And next stage. So, so that's, and that often takes a little while to think of the actual name, but if you keep describing and describing and describing what it is that you want to do, eventually the name will come out, you know, um, oftentimes 3am in the morning, you'll sit bolt, bolt upright in bed and just go in the experts. You know, obviously frightening your partner, but <laughs> yeah, just about names. Like I'm, I'm all about, um, you know, your name actually. Well, I guess because I talked about Facebook groups where the name can help people really establish what it is up front. So, for instance, my my podcast is Rocking Midlife. So, in the name, it, it it's already saying who who that demographic's for. So, I've I've got it in my niche, but. At the same time, I've chosen a broad name within my niche because rocking can apply to anything, which means I can Good then point. use any amount of different topics under that broad name. So it's kind of like you narrow your niche, but then you choose something broad, which means you can cover so many topics. Mm. So I can cover Very anything nice. from menopause to business to, to whatever, mental health to whatever, all under the banner of rocking midlife. So just another little tip when you're thinking about naming things that's a great point Kat I think that that is a really good one because yeah we do want that feeling like some of us we're targeting into a specific set of information but by the same token we, we are wanting to we are thinking much more more broadly about that concept and and to be um and to be relevant across lots of different topics of course gives you plenty of scope for your future episodes too so that you can you know you don't have to start repeating yourself after episode 100 that actually brings up a really interesting point. And even this mm. morning, um, very early, I was thinking, 
gosh, what are we going to do? Like, we've been doing this for six months now. What are we going to do for the next six months? Because we've covered so much content. Mm. And then it's like, well, okay, but we've got to keep doing this because, you know, and all of these reasons. And then you mm. think about, well, what are the additional topics? Sometimes you know you've got to go deeper. Sometimes you know you've got to go wider. And what Kat just said was brilliant because sometimes you really have to think well outside of the scope of what you think you're creating or what you think the, the topic, you know, the topics you can derive will be. And after a while, when you really start to have to go deep, you realize, well, this is a commitment to ensuring that you maintain a consistency of topic and style and flavor. And I've got to tell you, even after, um, you know, only 20 or 30 or so, uh, you know, sessions or, or events, you start to get really creative with what you think you're going to come up with next at times. Um, and it does feel like, oh my goodness, this is something that you have to keep doing. You can't just start this and then say, you know, three months later, oh yeah, did that. Okay. I did six of those. Mm, all right. I'm done. I did podcasting. You actually have to commit to this as a long-term thing in a way that is bigger than just creating the book. Because when you do a book, you can say, okay, I wrote that book. Now I can wait for the next book to kind of percolate in my mind. When you're podcasting or you're doing this kind of online program, um, you need to say, look, this is going to be a long-term thing and I have to be ready to commit to it. So again, going back to that FAQ list, you've got to keep filling that and, and finding ways to keep topping up the content ideas and then just keep doing it. And I've heard some podcasters have been going for like two or three years. And I wonder sometimes where they come up with all their ideas, but it just starts to percolate on its own after a while, doesn't it? And the, the other thing too is exactly what I said when I did my presentation a while ago about Facebook groups, ask your audience, what do they want to know? Yeah. Just ask them, ask your email list, ask your Facebook group, just ask your readers, uh, you know, what, what's bothering you? What are you happy? Just lots of different questions and you'll be able to plan out easy a whole season just from that alone. Yeah. So there you go. Absolutely. That's, that's really great advice from, from both Kat and, and Dixie there. And I think you do have that lovely ability to go depth. So when, once you've, once you've been, once your podcast has been rolling for a number of episodes, there, there are two quick things in response to that. Number one is you can run podcast series as well. If you, if you find that you've got too much to, too much to cover, or you don't feel that you're going to be able to jam all these five themes into a single podcast series, then contemplate having, having different series. So you can actually pick a particular theme. So as Kat was talking before about midlife, you might, you might say, well, in this podcast series of 10 or 12, we're going to be talking to a bunch of, a bunch of experts, individuals, people off the street. And this is just about the impact that midlife has on my sex life. And the next, and the next series, the next series might be the impact that it's had on my, on my work life, on my vocational status something like that. So you can actually um, have um, a long running podcast, as Dixie said, and it's going to be consistent over time, but it'll actually give people the opportunity to reset every now and again with a new series. And you give yourself your opportunity to broaden your audience to those who have a slightly different interest set. And again, most importantly, as Kat points out, listen and respond to the comments that people make about your podcast as well, because your easiest way, if you're running dry on episode ideas, um, if you've got uh, two or three podcast episodes that gone, wow, they really like that guest, then get that guest guest back in again or get somebody else who's also an expert in that same area for um, a different opinion or even better still, get them both into the podcast so they can debate. Because to me, there's nothing more enjoyable than listening to a couple of experts, not slapping each other on the black back and telling each other how good they are, but quite the opposite coming up with different opinions, coming from different points of view and getting that really interesting discourse going. I, I think for me, that's what, what I really enjoy. It's not, I don't, you know, for want of a better term, it's nice to have a bit of biffo in a podcast every now and again. Yeah. Because everybody agreeing with each other, it all sounds so sponsored really, doesn't it? <laughs> like, you're, you're getting paid. Like, you're getting paid to say that. <laughs> so... So there's some of my thoughts on the, on the issue too. I'll just keep just gently running through the list here. So I guess one of this, this second question, will, will I edit where I'm talking about myself rather than the person who the, um, the podcast questionnaire is? I like to know 
nice and early up front whether people would like me to edit, produce and, and publish their, their podcasts for them. So that's one of my central questions. And I'll come back to why that's, in, why that's in important. Social media posts. So this one, creating a social media post each time an episode is published. Now, the reason I ask this question is that with most website systems now, including WordPress, which is my personal favorite, favorite just for the time being, and 70% of the world are using it, is that you can actually have an event where when you publish your blog post, it will also simultaneously um, post out the, the podcast episode everywhere, but it'll also make a post to um, LinkedIn or Facebook, um, Twitter, I think you can do through WordPress. So in the, in the one publication event, you can get yourself across seven or eight different, different channels and openings. So that's one of the reasons for asking for that. Now, in Dixie's case, she said, I'd like to do that. Um, this is, wasn't a trust thing. This was all about, uh, all about the fact that they already have a social media schedule. They've already got their own, their own campaign running. And so that was something that they wanted to do independently of the, independently of the podcast. Um, but you can automate this so that it just goes bang, 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 all in the one event, if you'd like to. So again, it's one of those earlier questions. Hosting your podcast on your WordPress website. The most common confusion I've found about podcasting is what does hosting mean? When people say, I need a podcast host, what does that actually mean? In very simple terms, um, a hosting service is someone like um, Acast or Anchor. Um, help me out here, folks. Have you guys heard of these? Have you guys heard of these, these podcast organisations? Is that like blueberry or is yes, blue? Thing? Yeah, good one. Blueberry, blueberry is another another example. Now, what these services do is they will actually they will receive podcast episodes from you, and they will publish them from their website and send them out to Apple and um, um, Google Podcasts and all the various different podcast channels. So that's a paid service and that'll usually cost you anywhere, anywhere between, well, the sky's the limit really, but usually anywhere between five and $30 a month. And so that's a podcast hosting service. So they basically take your content, store it in their place and they create a little mini website, which has got their URL. So it's their domain. It's not yours. The name of the podcast is yours, but it's sitting in a place which is owned by someone else. So that's what a podcast host is. Um, and, and Dave, yeah. that's what I've got to say, that's where I found it really confusing because I thought right up until we started doing our podcast that what mm -hmm. you did was that you create it, you record it, give it to you, and then either you or us or we learn to whatever, just mm. fire it up to Apple or fire it up to Google or fire it off to Spotify. Yeah. I never understood about this piece in the middle of, oh, no, you've actually got to kind of submit it to a this, and then that can happen. And that, I think, was the biggest confusion. Mm. It's a difficult architecture, um, Dixie, it really is. I will explain it in a diagram a little bit later on, but I just wanted to give you that, that first definition. So, what the, so that's the one side of it. So that's, that's a podcast hosting service, and their names like, like, um, like Acast and Anchor, and they will actually kind of do all of the on your behalf. They do it a sort of an on your behalf kind of scenario. It's still got your podcast logo. There's still your podcast episodes, but, but all of the content um, exists within, within that host's website, not within your own. And that's the other choice is if you want to self-host your podcast, then um, the model I'll use, the easiest one is WordPress. But if you've got a Squarespace website, you can host your own podcast. What that means by, by um, comparison is that, um, is that all, of, all of your audio files for your episodes will be kept at your website. Um, you're the one who'll be publishing the episodes and it's on your website URL. So it's, in your, it's within your domain. So for instance, mine would be Dave Stokes front slash podcast, whereas it would be Acast front slash, you know, um, author to audio podcast or something like that. So that's the main question you've got to ask yourself is going forward, do I want to have complete control over my product and to some degree better control over my podcast? Or am I prepared to surrender some of that control, pay a monthly fee to go with a podcasting host and get them 
looking after all that sort of stuff. So that's that's one of the central kind of that's the one of the fork in the road questions. Do I host myself or do I host with another? Dave, a couple of questions and a direct one for you. Um, sure. I just want to check the chat box, but uh, Bronwyn's just saying, well, which one is best? How do you know which one is better? How do you choose it's, a good one? It's a, yeah, good good question, Bronwyn. And it and it, it quickly this conversation becomes esoteric. But at the end at the end of the day, it depends on your personal needs. In terms of some of the decision, some of the ways you might want to make that decision is that you might say you might say, well, number one. What, what benefit am I going to get from using a podcast host? I mean, just because there's the Blueberry podcasting service and just because there's the Acast podcasting service, just because my podcast is sitting on those podcast hosts, um, how, how are people going to find it any easier to find my podcast as opposed to my podcast is just sitting on my website? So these podcasting services do not actively promote your podcast. It's a little bit like the decision to go onto Amazon or not. So in Amazon, we're saying, wow, I've got to get onto Amazon for my book because everybody is on Amazon. But of course, the problem with Amazon is that everybody's on Amazon. You, you are a very small fish in a giant ocean of books and audio books and eBooks. The same is true with podcasting, that if you use the podcasting host, you're going to get go into a giant sea of podcasts. So at the end of the day, whether you host yourself or don't host yourself, you're still left with the same problem of that you're responsible for building your tribe and, you know, gaining interest in your, mm. in your podcast. My personal opinion is that 90% of the time I, I would suggest people host their own podcast and about 10% of the time I suggest they use, they use a podcasting service. And, um, I know that you can help with some of that decision making and mm. you know many of us have got various you know experts and, and helpers and people who sure. we can turn to for that sort of thing yeah. um, I think the, the biggest benefit that I got out of working with you through this process to start with was mm. the clarity of having someone who actually understood what the hell they were talking about uh, right from the beginning and then when we got stuck having someone to actually you know guide us through it I know that um, there's been a couple of people um, that I've met recently who have just said, look, you know, it's really easy. You just do this. You get a thing, you get a, a checklist online, you know, you go mm. through all the, the, the process. That's really easy. Uh, and then you just put it out there and promote it. And for some people, it just seems to be that they've managed to make that really easy. And I've got another website that I do some other stuff for. And, and when I posted up a brief blog the other day, this thing came up and it was a WordPress website and this thing came up and said, would you like to record this and make it a podcast? So I started tracking through all of the things and I thought, oh my God, this is so easy. Um, so, you know, one of the things that comes up is that this is getting easier and easier all the time. The reason why it's really important if you're going to do this uh, well is that you grab someone, whether it's Dave, whether it's Kat, whether it's, you know, the, the guy down the road or the, or the, 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 the person that you have, you know, the, 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 son, the best friend's son, whatever, whoever it is that you use, have a conversation at the very least with someone who is doing this all the time, who knows what they're doing and what the lay of the landscape is. Um, because it just cuts down on the confusion. And as an indie expert, which you are all indie experts, sometimes the learning curve is enormous. And it's the little things that will trip you up. So, you know, reach out to your community and really make sure that you've got the best advice, not just an assembly of 10 people's advice. And that's what we love about Dave and Kat is that we can go in there and say, right, what is the reality here? How does this really work? And you guys can do all of this. So, thanks, Dixie. That's very, that's very sweet, and that's and it, it does it does help to have done this, um, at, gone through this process at least once. I mean, it took it took me three it took me three runs through to actually really get to know the little in intricacies and should I tick this and should I say yes or no to that that sort of stuff. So, from that point of view, it's 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 like all experiences. I mean, you're so much better off when you go through one um, but then of course you have to rewind that all the way back to when you didn't know how to do it so if you're trying to help somebody else go through the process you need to kind of forget everything you know and just you know walk, walk through it gently gently again so there's advantages and 
you know, the, it's another another example of my favourite subject, the curse of knowledge. You know, it's very, very difficult to put yourself back into a situation where you didn't know something. It's, well, it's almost impossible for us all. You know, it's the real experts conundrum. Look, moving on to the next bit, I suppose um, we, we talked about the concept of a, po a podcast host. And so a podcast host can either be you yourself on your own, on your own WordPress website or your, yeah, your own website, or you can, have, you can have your podcast kind of owned by someone else or put it in, in that way. What both of those things will do, and regardless of which way you choose, you're going to have to form, as a podcaster, you're going to have to fo form a direct relationship with the entity called your podcast channel. So the podcast channel actually, the podcast channels are actually the people who actually do deliver and host your episodes. So that's people like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the places where you've, you know, you've all no doubt um, heard podcast episodes along the way. So regardless of whether you go with a podcast host or you do it yourself, you have to make those one-to-one -one relationships between yourself and Apple, between yourself and Google Play. All right. So this is where we have this other question is, will you create podcast channel accounts in your name? And I always suggest you do that because again, we want, I want my author to audio.com domain to be present in the connection to the podcast, to be present in connection to the episodes when they're being released. So this is the strongest argument I think for self hosting your podcast is that you own all of the assets and they're within your control. And most importantly, if you change your mind about your podcast and you want to go and host it somewhere else, then you've got a big problem if you're hosted with Acast or any of those other podcast hosting services. You can't just take the link to the podcast and just copy it and chuck it somewhere else because they are not going to let you use their URL. So this is a, an area of complexity that that, and I've actually been through this with one of my clients. They actually decided to move their podcast from one place to another. And it can be a all hell breaks loose situation if you are not using your own domain name and you already organize all the podcasting stuff. If you own it all, it's as easy as pie. Someone else owns it, very difficult. You've almost got to start again from scratch and you lose all of that lovely, the benefit of all of that lovely um, SEO and familiarity and all of the links that people have, which embed them into your into your tribe. So I won't I won't dive into that into that um, if you don't mind. But Dave, go on, Dixie. Yeah. Um, Ali's got a really great couple of questions, so I'm going to ask him. Oh, to, sure. Um, oh, sorry, I'm not even watching those. No, that's all good. Um, and um, Ali, um, do you want? So to I, was, I was wondering. Um, I know at least with with music, when you're submitting say a new song to a hosting platform and then they're going to then push it on to like Spotify, Apple Music and those things. Mm. Um, when, when you pick and choose, they actually can have a bit of an impact on your success in terms of getting you into certain, certain I don't know, new release playlists yep. and certain write-ups and certain yep. like things that all these sort of platforms will have going. And mm. I was sort of wondering, is it the same thing for podcasting at all? Or is that a different... Uh it's to, to be perfectly frank, Ali, I don't have deep enough research to answer that, to answer that question. And one of the reasons one of the reasons that I don't is that, is that generally I'll make the, I'll make the suggestion to, to self host because of some of those, uh, mainly for those control and ownership reasons that yeah. I'm, that I'm talking about, uh, because it's, it's one of these things where you go, I'm, I'm going to create my podcast and you get to that fork in the road. And if you do decide to go down a podcast hosting service, then the problem becomes uh, what's what's the what's the example here? It's I'm sure Plato had something to say about it. But if you choose if you choose a particular path, then you'll only know what it is that you that the yeah. results of what it is that you chose. You you can't. Uh, it's hard to do an A B test with this sort of thing. Although with a song, maybe you could maybe you could just you know you could try one one song using a a more self oriented promotion method and. Um, sec your second song, you can actually use it through the through the hosting services and see how it goes okay. through Spotify. Have you got Have you got an example like that, Ali? Which like I, I guess I guess I mean not not so much for me, but I know I've got quite a few friends that release music through Apple Music and Spotify, and I know yeah. the um the distribution process of that. And I guess I'm unsure if it's similar if it would be similar with podcasts or it would be mm. 
slightly different. Because well, I guess what I'm what I'm yeah, getting at is um yeah. with this concept of hosting, like would you have um for blue something like Blueberry, would you upload your podcast to them and they would then distribute it to platforms and that's their job done, or would they then hold ownership over your content because they've done it? We always eventually come here to the little technical thing and who when I say the word RSS feed, who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, cool. So RSS stands for really simple syndication. Now, an RSS feed is a very, very is a, a very old technology. It's used by all the all the um, uh, newspapers and and journalist wire services. What it means is that you can add an article or a document. So it can be an, it can be a sound file, it can be a video, it can be um, a bit of text, it can be almost almost anything. If you add that document to your RSS feed, which is effectively what you're doing when you release a podcast episode, is that it then says to the world, if you come and check my RSS feed on my website now, you'll see that there's a new podcast episode. And that's exactly the way the infrastructure works. So Apple will actually basically dial up Dave's RSS feed for his podcast and we'll have a look at it, compare it to the one that they've currently got and go, oh, it's changed. There's, some, there's something different here. And so that, that is how that process then causes the release of a new episode on, on Apple. And the same with Spotify, the same with, the same with Google Play. So that's the way the, the technology works. Now, Blueberry versus doing it on your WordPress website, we're both using the same technology. We're both using the RSS feed to distribute to distribute new new uh, episodes of your podcast, and Blueberry are just another another podcast channel. They're the same as Apple. They're the same as same as Google Play. So, coming back to your question, your question, Ali, and that is the big question is, and I think you need to ask this if you're contemplating using a word uh, using a podcast host, you've got to ask them this direct question: Why wouldn't I just host it myself? I know you're gonna I know you're gonna store my episodes for me but what are you going to do apart from that do you promote my podcast how do people know that my podcast exists what is it about your searches that make make it a lot easier for someone to find my podcast so i think that's the rule you've got to decide with the pod, external podcast host is, is what what value you're going to get for that five to thirty dollars per month where it's not sufficient just to store your files somewhere i mean we, we can all do that on our own websites so I think that's the that becomes the. Okay. So I'm so I'm sorry. I'm being a bit tortured. I'm not. No, really no, no, no. That's, that's that, that, that sort of answer. But that that's is the question I mean, you want to ask. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Really, really hammer them. I think you know. Get get into those. You know, where it's where it says contact me. You know, we all remember those where we go like you know contact and you go there and you can email someone and talk and talk to them. To me, that's still my you know great um, great decider as to whether I get involved with an online service. If 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 I contact them and email them. If they, don't, if they don't reply to me, I've got no interest in, in continuing with them. Why, why would I? If they don't want to talk to little old me, you know, and it's only my 30 bucks a month or whatever, but I think it shows a disinterest. So, um, and I've had some of those experiences with the podcast host. Apple have always responded really well. Blueberry are a fantastic responder also. So these people will actually engage in conversation with you so that you can get a better idea of whether you're going to get value from their service. But let me tell you one thing, they're not in the business of promoting your podcast. They're in the business of promoting their business and their website and their, and their podcast network. Okay. Um that is absolutely brilliant advice. And, and I think, you know, we all, you know, familiar with Amazon as well. You still have to do your own promotion. You have to be the person who's out there driving your own inquiries for what you do, getting in front of people and ensuring that they know that they can access all these parts of you, uh, mm. but that, you know, you still have to be the driver for that. And I think that's been the biggest frustration for most authors I've met over the last 20 years or so. Um, gosh, how long have I been doing this now? At least 20 years. Everybody seems to want to think that there is someone out there who's going to promote them. And unfortunately, yes. the reality is, is that that's never going to happen. you. You have to be the, this one. the, the, the blower of your own trumpet. Um, it's got to we, we've, We're just about out of time. So we're going to just mm -hmm. call for last questions. 
And Dave, this has been phenomenally interesting. And thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful wisdom. And I know that we're probably going to get you back to just do a, a podcast advanced um, session or an audio general advanced session. But in the meantime, um, I'm just going to wrap up very quickly and ask if there are any more questions, because we have had quite a few uh, today. So I know that uh, everyone's busy writing and nodding and thinking. Um, Please do. I'd love, I'd love to hear them. This is actually quite a difficult talk to prepare for, um, to be perfectly frank, because it's quite a, it's it's an octopus of a topic, really, to some degree. But I was just wondering, yeah, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear from the group. Joe wants to know, what is StreamYard? What is it? I don't know. I'll research it for you. Oh, Cat knows. I was, in, I was interviewed on a podcast two or three weeks ago um, using StreamYard, yeah. and, but I... It seemed to be affiliated with Facebook, but I don't know whether that was really yeah. the case. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's affiliated, but it's just another type of um, video recording thing like BeLive. Have you heard of BeLive? Um, it's, it's just another application like Zoom that you can use in your Facebook group oh. for live videos or whatever, but you can also interview people. You can put your logo and branding on yes. it. You can record. And the beauty about StreamYard, it is a paid thing but it means you could do a live and at the same time you're pushing out live onto youtube into your group into all these different locations at once so yeah it's just another recording app so i do all my podcast recordings on zoom so um yeah you just if that's one thing if i could yeah. just add for the last two minutes so dave i'm really mm. sorry i'm going to tread on your toes a little bit here no, no, no. audio man there's plenty of my, time there's plenty of time for this to happen good. Again. Oh, good. Okay, so because be sometimes it's that old you know get better is done than perfect you know that we all sort of struggle with and I I wanted to do a podcast for years and I held back held back because I just didn't know how to do it perfectly and when I finally ditched that and just realized at the end of the day people actually just want to hear the content they're not that worried if the audio isn't perfect or if you know the sure. audio isn't amazing it's more about getting the content out there sometimes so I just use zoom clean it up a little bit half the time I don't even edit it just stick the front on the back on and get it out and that's why I do use a, a hosted one too because I actually don't have much time so I just hit bang it's out on 10 platforms and then I'm, I'm on about doing the marketing and all that business so don't see it as such a massive thing either especially when you've got a resource like Dave here it's just just you know do a brainstorm of all your topics and, and just start it's easy it's actually easier than what you realize Great comments, Kat. I think that I think that is the very that is the very truth. And to me, and to me, in my you know kind of old man's, or should I say, very late twenties, <laughs> it it brain, that um, that um, it becomes it becomes difficult sometimes not you know to address the objections before actually talking about the good bit. So so thank thank you for that was a really nice roundup. Cat, I think is that at the end there's just this little bit of little bit of ouchy stinging pain that you go through at the beginning to get this stuff all organized and then after that it doesn't really matter too much whether somebody else hosts or whether you host yourself I always recommend hosting yourself because at the end of the day that that tiny tiny little bit of ouchy at the beginning and I, I think Dixie will probably probably back this up is that it was a bit it was a bit confusing and it's a bit annoying and it's a bit steppy but once you've got it done We've now got we've now got I think at least seven or eight um, mm. episodes of of the Indie Experts podcast sitting there in WordPress. The date that we're going to publish them, the time they're going to be published, and it's all finished. So Dixie is now you know from perhaps on the back foot a little bit in the early stages. She's now way ahead of the game after two weeks. Yeah. So it's and, it's and not that, long. And she, that's the, she didn't have to record another another episode. Well, here comes another episode now. Yeah. So she's already recording her next episode. We're all in it, eh? <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was really valuable too, was to know that um, if you bank, you know, six episodes ahead, then that's good to have. But also um, some of the best advice we got from Dave and from Ali as well is that uh, you wait until you've got four or five up there at least because when someone listens to your podcast the first time, if they really like it, they'll go and look for more. So if you've got only one, it's barely worth promoting them. Once you've got, you know, half a dozen, then by all means hit that promotion switch and really mm. drive it. So we haven't really been promoting um, our podcasts yet. Um, we're hoping that we get thousands of people follow 
um, or subscribe to our podcasts. And Dave said, um, you said something about, you know, you can get tens or thousands of people following your podcast because once people get into it, they really, really do love it. So I just want to say a very quick thing about this quality thing. If you do a podcast and you are um, an expert who is doing, um, hey, let's get it done rather than get it perfect. And, you know, same with your videos, let's get it done let's, instead of getting it perfect. If you have got a solid quality um, website and your book is really good quality and doesn't kind of make people roll their eyes as soon as they get it and think, oh my God, I paid this much for that. That's just awful. Or they can't finish reading it or whatever. If, um, if you end up with uh, people who want to listen or watch or, or be part of what you're doing um, and they want to take more content from you and you've just pretty much put it up there, you can take a lot of shortcuts with podcasting, with video, with um, even to some degree, uh, you know, when you, when you do a, 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 a speaking session but, or a workshop, I should say, but if you are keynote speaking or if you are writing and producing a book, those are the two areas that you have not got opportunities to take those kind of shortcuts. You've got to do a good quality job, which is why you're all part of you know, our tribe, obviously, and that's what we're aiming for with your books. But there are some areas that you can take a few shortcuts. You can just get in and get it done because people want the content. The, the people who are subscribing to what you're putting out there will be reassured every time they look at what they can hold in their hands or they can read what they've got and see that there is absolute quality in the editing of the book and the production of the book, that when you do a keynote, you are polished. Sure, if you're doing a workshop, you might have slightly non-perfect at the you know highest level you know, handouts or whatever. That's not a problem. Just get in there and do it. But if you're if you're keynoting or if you're doing if you're getting paid the big bucks for for various things that you put out there, there are some areas that you can't take the shortcuts, and that's what we're really wanting to drive that message home with for a lot of what we're doing. And yeah. yeah. Dixie, can I just suggest that I, I just noticed that um, that both Kat and I, uh, we've got the same devices in our ears at the moment. These these are the Apple EarPods. I, I think you've got those too, Kat. Um, this is the easiest way to get near studio quality from any recordings you do. If you're if you're on a podcast or you're recording your voice for any purpose, just get a pair. Just get a pair of these. You know they're horribly expensive. They're forty five bucks or something. You know for a little bit of wire. But these microphones are incredibly good quality and you can plug them into your laptop and record into your laptop or you can record directly into your phone. So if you're doing a podcast interview, um, either hosting or as the interviewee, just use these. These these are such a great baseline. Absolutely gold, yes. You know, because, uh, you know, sound quality is important. Anything that's going to turn your listener or your reader or your viewer off is just going to take them away from what you do. So that's really what I was saying before. Just strive for as good as you can get on yeah. most things and don't exactly. sweep the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. That's true. It is. Hey, it's been so fabulous hearing you again, Dave. You always um, have so much great content and knowledge to share and, and wisdom. And thank you, Kat, for being part of that as well because um, you've got such extraordinary experience. Now, I know that there are um, uh, opportunities for Kat to... Uh, host uh, or have guests on her podcast. Uh, I know that uh, a couple of you are creating podcasts very, very shortly or in the process of. Uh, so by all means, you know, reach out to within this community for guests uh, because we're all kind of willing to help you out. And, and we're, we're, we're easy test subjects if you're kind of new to it as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, uh, use this community for that as well if you need to. Um, but, you know, just get in there and do it. You know, you, you won't mm. know how much fun you can have with a podcast until you've actually got it there and, and done it. Absolutely. And I'm more than happy. Um, I've, I've got an online version of that questionnaire. I think I'll perhaps, what should I do with the link, Dixie? Should I send it to you and we can send it in the, send it to in me the, in the episode? Into the program, yeah. Pop it in. So it can be in the episode show notes and it's just yeah. enables you to walk through that, that questionnaire that we've gone through. Just go step by step and then um, I'll give you a call and we'll have a bit of a, have a bit of a chat together. So I'd love to hear from you all. Absolutely. Fabulous. And thanks Thank again. You, thanks, Dixie.
Thanks, Kat. And thank you all for your questions. Thanks. Well, that's one more flag on the map clearly identified. For extra author resources to make your journey even more enjoyable and stress-free, visit www.indieexperts.com.au. You can locate us on all our social media platforms by just searching for Indie Experts. Join Dixie and Anne next time for more navigating the journey of sharing expertise through publishing books that work harder.